Jesus in the Sermon on the Plain said, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Linda, I think it would be wonderful to respond to that wonderful good news with the Gospel acclamation. I mentioned to someone that I was working on a stewardship sermon that I needed to preach this week. They said to me, don't you have one in the files that you can reuse? I said, this is 2020. Nobody had files that could be reused for anything this year. Today being Stewardship Sunday of 2020, of course, anybody who's had any connection to the church at all over the years does know that the topic of money surely is going to come up. I'm here to tell you that surely is true. Money is going to come up. But I think surely, too, that we do a disservice, a great disservice to a Stewardship Sunday if before bringing that up, we don't, first of all, back up to make sure that we have some solid ground and some common ground when it comes to understanding just what this word stewardship actually even means in the Bible's sense of it and what it means also in terms of absolutely not just money but well biblically speaking what stewardship means always with every single breath that you breathe so let's start there to start talking about stewardship today is to say we're talking about what, actually, today? Let's get after an answer to that question by starting here. In faith's vocabulary, stewardship is a word used to describe our response to the biblical teaching that life, all of it, is a gift. Every breath is a gift. Every day, and every tick of the clock in it is a gift. The heavens are a gift. The air that we breathe is a gift. The earth, including the ground you stand on and the ground you live on, and the ground to which one day your body will return, is a gift. Your body is a gift. Your talents are a gift. The gospel, as well as the faith to treasure it, our gifts, the hope, the peace, the comfort, the courage, the purpose, the freedom the gospel brings, our gifts. Love, the love you are loved with and the others you are given to love, our gifts. Every good thing you have, every good thing you own is a gift. Now, stewardship curmudgeons, of course, always want to stop me there, even though 
you know, I just have to tell them, but the Bible absolutely, completely has my back on this one. Wait a minute, they like to say, I've worked hard for what I have. It's not a gift. I earned it. By the way, stewardship curmudgeons really like the words I and me and mine. To which biblical stewardship answers, well, the time and the talents and the passions and the abilities that you work with are a gift. The intellect, the heart, the compassion or the determination required for the work that you do are gifts. The opportunity to work, to be able to find a job that pays you for what you do is a gift. You didn't earn any of that. You may have worked to develop some talents, but it was the talents God gave you that you developed. You may have invested a lot of time to be able to do what you do, but it was time God gave you that you invested. And you may well have worked hard, but it was the ability to work that God gave you that you worked with. It was as Moses said in that reading from Deuteronomy today, when the Lord your God leads you to a rich and bountiful land and you prosper there, do not say to yourself, my power and the might of my own hand have gained me this wealth. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth so that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your ancestors as he is doing even today. Whatever built, bi biblical stewardship is, it is built on the foundation, which is the recognition that every good thing we like to say is ours. Actually, biblically speaking, is, isn't ours at all, but is rather a gift God entrusted to us. And this side of the love God gives us, and the Holy Spirit God shares with us, and the heaven God promises us, None of those gifts are entrusted to us for forever, but are entrusted rather to us for a time. How much time? God only knows. That's the foundation stewardship is built on. It's all a gift. Without that foundation beneath you, nothing I am now going to go on to say is going to make one bit of sense to you. Because to talk then about what stewardship actually is, is to talk about the ways in which we respond, how we live, what it is we do as recipients of life and all of life's gifts. The first thing to be done, and we know this, we, this is something we teach our children almost as soon as we teach them anything. When you are given a gift, what do you say? The first thing biblical stewardship is, is grateful. Which means that if you want to grow, not into the crustiness of stewardship curmudgeonliness, but rather in the joyfulness of stewardship health, a, sp a spiritual discipline you can practice in order to grow you in that direction is the practice of gratitude. My late mother-in-law was a master of this. She was a joyful giver. She was a joyful and grateful thanker. Here's an invitation. This week in preparation for Thanksgiving, certainly, but also in preparation for your steward commitments, stewardship commitments this year, take, take each day to name, let's say, ten things 
that you are grateful for, including, of course, those things that aren't things and which can't be purchased with money. You may absolutely repeat things on your list from one day to the next. You may have things on your list that are on your list every single day. That in itself being a reminder that giving thanks was never meant to be something you do just one day of the year. You're welcome to begin your time of thanksgiving each day with that reading which the Hugstalls read for us as your call to gratitude. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless God's holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of God's benefits, who redeems all your sins, who forgives your sins, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the grave and crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. The first thing the biblical steward is, is grateful. And with grateful hearts, biblical stewards then consider something else the Bible calls us to consider, and that is how we do and how we might use what we've been given for the purposes of God, the giver of all, and finally, ultimately, too, the owner of all. A curmudgeonly farmer said to his pastor, who said that to him, God's not the owner of my farm. It's my land. I own it free and clear. His pastor said, tell you what, why don't we just kind of both think on that and let's pick this conversation up again in, I don't know, let's say a hundred years. The farmer said, I won't be here then. His pastor said, exactly. With not hard but grateful hearts. Biblical stewards with joy, because newsflash, it turns out joy is a byproduct of gratitude. And so joyfully, biblical stewards consider how they might use what they've been given for the purposes of God. And as they do, their joy actually increases because this occurs to them. In pursuing the purposes of God with what God has given me, I, I personally, actually become a part of the will of God actually happening in God's world. And then these not curmudgeonly but joyful stewards think to themselves, and how cool is that? The specific details of God's purposes being done, of course, are myriad and vary widely from steward to steward. But a uniting thread behind it all, biblically speaking, is God's desire that we use what God has given to us for the good of not only us, but also for others, including those around us, including those who will come after us. And as Christians, thinking specifically today of those who are members of or identify with the mission and ministries of Gloria Day, we also, in ways that we are able, in ways that we can, I mean, in ways that we darn well can, we've got this, so we consider how we can and how we will with the gifts God has given, gifted upon us, support, do our part, in helping this church faithfully to be the church that the Lord of the church has called and gifted it to be for us, for others, for those who come after us. Certainly, that includes financial commitments, 
But listen, big picture wise, that is just the tip of the iceberg because biblically speaking, you can't even count all the ways that that is not about money. Because here is the bottom line when it comes to the Bible's understanding. It all being a gift, it's all about stewardship. It's all about stewardship as those verses from 1 Peter says, above all, love one another and like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one who is speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies so that God may be glorified in all things. It's all about stewardship because the thing we are above all stewards of, I love this image, the thing we are above all stewards, stewards of, says Peter, is the grace of God. Grace is the word the Bible uses to describe everything that comes to us as a gift, not something we've earned or deserved from God. And since it's all gift, Peter says, it's all grace. Grace, which Peter also reminds us, can never be separated from love, which healthy stewards know we are not called just to treasure, but to share, to be generous with as we love one another and others' grace fully. And that is stewardship, stewardship of God's love and grace. And says Peter, speaking the words of God, teaching, evangelizing, are also matters of stewardship, not curmudgeonly keeping the gospel's good news to yourself, but being generous with it, sharing the good news with others. And so too, Peter says, serving others, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, housing the hopeless, homeless is stewardship, which I don't think I'm living my best life because I've got food and clothes and a place to call home, but rather, says the biblical steward, I'm living my most grateful and joyful and faithful life when I'm doing something for those who don't have what I have. And too, of course, caring for Mother Earth is stewardship, as knowing that she is not ours but a gift we've been given and trusted with. We seek to do good by her and by those who will come after us to take their turn living with her. And finally, of course, and by of course, I mean of course, not curmudgeonly, but gratefully, the faithfully healthy strive faithfully, joyfully to steward their financial resources using such as they are able for others and for the work of Christ's church. Because a faithful steward believes that this church, which they love, which I love, which we know as our church, isn't actually ours at all. The church is Christ's church. And as stewards of what is not ours, but his, we want the church to be the church that Christ calls us to be. And we know that in some ways, not always, but in some ways, including some very important ways, Christ's church being the church that Christ calls it to be in this world requires financial support. Two last things. 
First, another core biblical conviction, this one from the gospel reading for today. Faithful stewards do seek to be generous with what they've been given for the good of others, but over and over again, what they come to discover is that being generous and faithful as a steward also does them good. For God smiles at such, and blessings follow such. And one of the blessings is that living generously for God and for others, compared to living selfishly, for me, myself, and I, it feels good. It feels better. Don't believe me? Find the most generous person you know and ask them. Or, of course, I suppose, I mean, you could take Jesus' word for it, for he's the one who says, give and it will be given to you, for the measure you give will be the measure you get back. There are blessings that givers know. The final thing, it is indeed 2020. And one thing we saw near the beginning of this pandemic, which 2020 will ever be remembered for, is that some, apparently, responding to a crisis they thought is something one does best by hoarding. You saw the empty shelves. The faithful stewards of this congregation, on the other hand, listening, I'm convinced, to the voices of better angels, chose to respond to this crisis by giving. And that is true in countless ways, absolutely, but I am now talking specifically about money. I mean, yes, yes, of course, we do need to finish this year strong. We always do. December always needs to have the revenues as though it were two months, not one. We always need that. We still do. And thank you in advance for those who will help us finish strong. But I thank you, too, for the way in which you have... Um, you have amazed me. You have moved me by the level at which you've financially supported this church with your regular offering all this 2020. I like to think that maybe, maybe what that means uh, is that this year 2020, which we will never forget, is also a year in which we remembered or re-remembered that what we are together here what we do together here, whom we worship together here, is oh so important to us here. I would be remiss if I did not also thank you for the fact that when we realized this pandemic was a long-haul thing and we could do better by online worship experiences if we had the amount of money that we determined we needed to invest in better technology, you responded within just a couple of weeks with the $20,000 plus that we had determined we needed to do that. Plus, when we told you that there are things we could do for others during this pandemic, if we had more resources in what we call the Minister's Discretionary Fund, your response to date has been nearly $14,000. $8,000 of that has been given away. The remaining 6000 and any more that comes in surely will be used as COVID and winter merge. And on top of that, there were the fires and winds and floods which 2020 heaped upon us, to which you also responded by giving your time, yes, up in Cedar Rapids for a crew of us, but also giving to date just shy of $11,000 
that we were able to forward to Cedar Rapids, to the Gulf Coast, to the West Coast, through Lutheran Disaster Relief, and I know that many of you funneled many more funds through other great channels as well. So yes, 2020, it is. It is a year that has never been seen before in my lifetime. But I am grateful to you. And I am grateful to God for you. And I am, as much as a 65-year-old Lutheran pastor is allowed to be, I'm proud of you. And with you, I say to the rest of 2020 and to the 20-somethings which follow, get ready, because here comes Christ's church, and she's alive and well. Amen.